Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for what you've given us in your word to guide us as we seek to live this life and help others into your kingdom. And I just pray that the Holy Spirit will speak through me, that whatever I share will be acceptable in your sight, and that those here will know what to glean from this presentation to go and help others, whether it be in the classroom or in the home or in the church, in whatever capacity you've called them. Give them the resources and the knowledge to help others in this way. Thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. I read a story years ago of uh, a young child who was reading by the age of two. And he wasn't the, a typical child. He, his father was an educator. He had been to Harvard and uh, gotten his uh, degree in psychology. And he really believed in just filling the child's mind with lots of knowledge, just pushing them academically. And so by two, his child could read English. By four, he was typing original work in French. At the age of five, he had devised a formula whereby he could name the day of the week for any given historical date. How many can do that? You can tell me like in 1960, on December 20, it was a Tuesday. Can you tell me that? No. So at five years old, he could tell you that. He had devised this formula whereby he could determine that day, and that's pretty amazing. Um, at the age of eight, he projected a new Lagarthams table based on the number 12. He entered Harvard University at the age of 12 and graduated with distinctions before he was 16. So obviously this boy was a genius, right? But his father believed in instilling, the, instilling within a child um, just a host of knowledge so that by the age of 10, they would have the knowledge of a college graduate. He was definitely pushed. And he became distinguished. Uh, people all over wanted to uh, see where he was going to go with his life, what he was going to do. He was in the public eye. But by his early 20s, he distanced himself from society and wanted nothing more to do with his father. It's a very sad story. Why? Because he was pushed, pushed, pushed. And to a lesser or greater degree, we tend to do that in the training of our children. We want them to excel. We want them to be the best, right? And there's nothing wrong with wanting them to be the best, to make a difference in life. But are we doing it to their detriment? So when we look at... I have to move. If I stand here, I'm right in your... Okay. All right. So when we think of education and uh, if we were to define this, what, were so, what are some words that we would use to define just education in general? Anyone? Increasing knowledge. Increasing knowledge, okay. Good. Anything else? Training. Training. Mm -hmm. Discipling. Discipling, I like that. That's good. Typically when we think of education, it's book learning, knowledge, skills, training, intellectual culture, all these things we would define as education, typically. But then, what is the purpose of education? When you're uh, seeking to train a child to educate them, what, are, what is your goal in that process? Develop. To develop, okay. Their success. Their success, right? 
We want them to succeed, to not just be uh, living off of others as they get older, but to be able to make money, right? So typically, make money. There we go. Make money, get a good job, support yourself, get a degree, make a name for yourself. It should be, right? But typically when we think of education, do, is that the first thing that comes to our mind? Right? It should, yes. And that's wonderful if it does. But we want them to succeed in this life. If we were to simply define education, I think most people would agree that you could define it as the process of learning to attain knowledge for a useful life. If we were to encapsulate it, so if we want to look at life, a useful life, what is the aim of life? And if we look at what is the aim of life, then what is life's purpose? The purpose for which all training should aid in fulfilling. I would submit to you, as you look at education from God's word and not just uh, asking people about it, when we go back to God's word, I would submit to you that the purpose of life, the purpose ultimately of education is found in John 17, 3. John 17, verse 3. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Proverbs 9, verse 10 says, The knowledge of the holy is understanding. In order to make a use, our lives useful, we have to have knowledge. We have to have understanding. But it says the knowledge of God is understanding. Jeremiah 9:23-24. Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. When we're training our children, and you'll read it in the Spirit of Prophecy, and it says, we train our children, we fill them with knowledge, but if they give up the knowledge of God, is it of any worth? Is it of any worth? We're training our children, or the children in our care, we're filling them, we're making them wise intellectually, but what are they going to do with that knowledge? Are they really going to finish the work. This is from Acts of the Apostles, page 530. It says, the knowledge of God, this knowledge is the foundation of all true education and of all true service. The knowledge of God. The Son of God was appointed to come to this earth to take humanity and by his own example to be a great educating power among men. His experience in man's behalf was to enable men to resist Satan's power. He came to mold character and to give mental power to shed abroad the beams of true education that the true aim of life might not be lost sight of. The true aim of life. Jesus came to show us the plan for education. He was the master teacher. He wanted to dispel the, the myths about education and what uh, life's purpose was by bringing forth God's principles. So what is the aim of life? This is found in Testimonies for the Church, no, 
Fundamentals in, of Christian Education, page 30. Sorry, it's a little blurry there. The aim and object of life is not to secure temporal advantages, but to make sure of the eternal advantages. Eternal advantages. What does John 17, 3 tell us? And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. So what is the purpose of life? What is the purpose of life? I would submit to you that it's to glorify God and bring souls into his kingdom. And as we learn to know God through the things around us, we are better fitted to reach others for him. This is life, that we will know God. The great object of life is well-defined in the old catechism, to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. To make the possession of worldly honor or riches our ruling motive is unworthy of one who has been redeemed by the blood of Christ. It should rather be our aim to gain knowledge and wisdom that we may become better Christians and be prepared for greater usefulness, rendering more faithful service to our Creator, and by our example and influence, leading others also to glorify God. So the great aim of life is what? to glorify God and bring souls into his kingdom. So all of our education, all of our training of our, the children in our care should be for that ultimate purpose. Yes, it's to gain knowledge, but in that gaining of knowledge and skills, am I using these to bring souls into the kingdom of heaven? Am I being a missionary? As Christians, we have a different focus than the world would give us. It is to bring souls into the kingdom of heaven. This is life's aim. And if all of our education, all of our training isn't aiding us in fulfilling this purpose for our children and setting this before them, then are we really training? Are we really giving them Christian education? People often wonder why our young people are leaving the church. Is it because our church services aren't interesting enough? Is it because, um, well, like, what were the reasons? And so they seek all these different methods to help keep our children, our young people, in the church. But, you know, we were told years ago what one of the causes for our young people leaving the church is. And that's found in the Adventist home page 313 it says the reason why the youth of the present age are not more religiously inclined is that their education is defective wow their education is defective so in other words if we want our youth to be more religiously inclined what's the conclusion we need to see how we can truly educate them what are we doing wrong in our educational practices and how can we fix it what is true Christian education. True education does not ignore the value of scientific knowledge or literary acquirements, but above information it values power, above power goodness, above intellectual acquirements character. The world does not need, I'm sorry, the world does not so much need men of great intellect as of noble character. It needs men in whom ability is controlled by steadfast principle. So in our quest of true education, we don't throw out the academics. Absolutely not. We seek to use those 
for furthering the work. The world doesn't need men of great intellects, but of noble character. So do you think character needs to be a part of our education? What is the only thing that we're taking to heaven? It's our characters, right? We know this, so what does that mean? Um, I'm reminded of someone who said, you know, all my life I was taught about how character is what's going, the only thing that's going to uh, get us through the last days and we're going to take to heaven. So what does that mean? What is character? Do you know what some of the character qualities are? Kindness, gentleness, thoroughness, regularity, um, I'm sorry? Diligence. Diligence, patience, all these things are characteristics. And we talk about it, but are we knowing how to put it into practice and then give it to our children in their education? The world doesn't need so much of great intellects as of noble characters. How can we truthfully answer this question? What is the essential education for this time? Education means more than many suppose. True education embraces physical, mental, and moral training. And I want you to really key in on those three aspects. Physical, mental, and moral training. In order that all the powers shall be fitted for the best development, to do service for God, and to work for the uplifting of humanity. So that sounds like life's purpose, right? To glorify God and bring souls into his kingdom. To seek for self-recognition, for self-glorification, will leave the human agent destitute of the Spirit of God, destitute of that grace which will make him a useful, efficient worker for Christ. So the purpose of our training of our children, it's not to get into the best universities. It's not to uh, get to the, the best jobs, to make the most money so that they can support themselves. Those are all, like, there's nothing wrong with having a car and having a house. We, we need those things, right? But that's not our focus. That's not our focus. If our focus is training for the glory of God, developing that character, the mental, the physical, and the spiritual, if that's our focus, then all those other things are going to come into place. We're called to be missionaries. That is our life work. John 15, 5 says, without me, ye can do nothing. Without me, ye can do nothing. So at the end of uh, the, our children's formal education in, in a classroom setting, do they know this principle that when they graduate, when they go into the world, without Jesus, they can do nothing? Or is it, I'm pretty good, I'm pretty smart, I can take care of myself. Without me, you can do nothing. Without the vital principles of true religion, without the knowledge of how to serve and glorify the Redeemer, education is more harmful than beneficial. That's a powerful statement. Without the vital principles of true religion, without the knowledge of how to serve and glorify the Redeemer, education is more harmful than beneficial. When education in human lines is pushed to such an extent that the love of God wanes in the heart, that prayer is neglected, and that there is a failure to cultivate the spiritual attributes, it is wholly disastrous. I don't know that we really comprehend what that means. Wholly disastrous. 
it would be far better to cease seeking to obtain an education and to recover your soul from its languishing condition than to gain the best of educations and lose sight of eternal advantages. So you mean it would be better for my child not to learn education, to learn, to learn all these academics if it's just to glorify themselves? Is that what it's saying? Without the vital principles of true religion, without the knowledge of how to serve and glorify the Redeemer, education is more harmful than beneficial. Wow. So how do we do this? We're going to get to it. Don't worry. I would not in any case cancel restriction of the education to which God has set no limit. Our education does not end with the advantages that this world can give. Through all eternity, the chosen of God will be learners, but I would advise restriction in following those methods of education which imperil the soul and defeat the purpose for which time and money are spent. Education is a grand life work, but to obtain true education, it is necessary to possess the, that wisdom which comes from God alone. The Lord God should be represented in every phase of our education every phase of our education. How many of you, when you were in, uh, in school, when you were learning addition, learned about adding to your life daily godliness? Anyone? When you were studying, you know, one plus one, you were reminded that I need to add to my life daily patience. What about when you were learning how to spell words? Did you learn about the word that became flesh and dwelt among us? How many of us have had an education that is faulty? It says the Lord God should be represented in every phase of education. I'm reminded of Hannah. She only had Samuel for how many years? Three. She only had Han uh, Samuel, Hannah only had Samuel for three years, he had been a prayed for a child. God gave her to him, or God gave him to her, but she only had him for three years. And at the end of those three years, she had to give him back to the Lord, take him to the temple. But in those three years, she so filled his mind with the Lord. He was represented in every phase of his early education that his way was set. And when those worldly influences came in the very home in which he lived with the sons of Eli, he stood firm for God. Three years old. So what did he do? When you read about Hannah and how she trained him, she said, he, we're told that everything that his eyes laid, uh, laid upon, everything that he looked at, she turned them back to God. So when they were walking about and they looked at the grass, she talked about how the love of God infuses within us the faith like the grass is living green. Everything that his mind uh, saw, everything that he saw, she sought to direct his mind back to the Creator. Every phase of education pointed back to God. So how do you do that? It's pretty important, obviously, but how do you do it? Well, let's just review quickly. I don't want to take all our time on this, but the, uh, the purpose of life is to do what? Glorify God and win souls for heaven. All education should help us know God better and fit us to accomplish life's purpose. This is, in essence, true Christian education. 
So book learning is important, right? Book learning is important, but we need to keep life's purpose in view. True education includes those three elements that we mentioned earlier, the physical or the practical, the mental, and then the moral or the spiritual training. Those three aspects need to be included. So let me give you an example of how this could be done. I will learn multiplication in my education. So that's the mental training, right? You're learning multiplication. And as you're learning multiplication, you want to incorporate the physical or the practical, right? So then I will double my recipe when I'm making lunch today and use what I am learning in multiplication. Now, many times uh, in a typical educational system, they'll incorporate some of this practical, right? So you learn something in a book and they'll have an experiment or something to bring in the practical, but we still have to have that third aspect of true education, which is the spiritual. So what can I learn about God's character or my spiritual life through multiplication? And an example would be, as I faithfully serve God, he promises to multiply his blessings in my life. The physical, the mental, and the spiritual. I learn about multiplication in a book. I apply it in the kitchen. Perhaps I invite others over to my house and serve them a meal. So I'm using it as a witnessing opportunity. I see more of who God is and what he wants from me through multiplication. Thus, multiplication becomes the means of glorifying God in my life and bringing souls into his kingdom. It's so simple, and yet, we wow, it's so different than the way we think, right? The way we've been taught. So how do you incorporate it? How do you incorporate it? John 17, 3 says, And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. The first great lesson in all education is to know and understand the will of God. We should bring into every day of life the effort to gain this knowledge. To learn science through human interpretation alone is to obtain a false education. But to learn of God and Christ is to learn the science of heaven. The confusion in education has come because the wisdom and knowledge of God have not been exalted. So, I want to sh share with you now, or I'm going to switch uh, slides here. I want to share with you some resources that you can use to help with the re-education process. Because we think, wow, I need to incorporate the mental, the physical, and the spiritual into my education. So how do I do that? And it takes time. It takes time. Um, I'll never forget when my mother was learning more about uh, education in general. And she said, well, this is amazing. And now what do I do? And she came across, I don't remember how, but Sunlight Education Ministry. And she said, this is what I want to use. It just transformed her life because it laid it all out. And it's different than, than the conventional system. So many times when parents or teachers look at it, they go, I don't know what to do. So I want to share with you how you can use it and um, what all of these different things are that are out there. 
as we go into that, we're told of uh, the life of Jesus that his life demonstrated the worthlessness of those things that men regarded as life's great essentials. Born amidst surroundings, the rudest, sharing a peasant's home, a peasant's fair, a craftsman's occupation, living a life of obscurity, identifying himself with the world's unknown toilers. Amidst these conditions and surroundings, Jesus followed the divine plan of education. The schools of his time, with their magnifying of things small and their belittling of things great, he did not seek. His education was gained directly from the heaven-appointed sources, from useful work, from the study of the scriptures and of nature, and from the experiences of life. God's lesson books, full of instruction to all who bring to them the willing hand, the seeing eye, and the understanding heart. So Jesus in his education, he was a perfect example, right? He had four aspects that he learned from. What was it? Nature. And this is a, a clip from one of the books in Sunlight. Um, how did Jesus learn? He learned through nature, through work, through the scriptures and life's experience. Was he fitted for his life work? Did he have everything that he could need? He did, right? And I love what it says in Luke 2, 46 to 47. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and his answers. Do you want that for the children in your care? Do you want people to take knowledge of them that they have been with Jesus? I'm reminded of a story um, when I was working at Sunlight. Uh, a story came in to us of a family who was using some of the materials, and they had just little ones, so they were using uh, what I'll show you in a moment called the Family Bible Lessons. And it's basically, it teaches character, nature, and the Bible. That's all. And uh, so they were using this in their early years, and uh, they went to... Um, some nature exhibit. And as they were going through the nature exhibit, uh, the children were talking about the different animals and the di different things, and they just gave a whole list of facts about them. And the tour guides were just astonished that these little children knew so much about these things. Why? Because they had incorporated those aspects of true education with even those young children. And people took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. That's what we want. So this is the Sunlight Education website. And when you go to sunlighteducation.com, the first um, place we're going to go is the downloads section. And Sunlight used to sell their material, but now it's all available online for free. You can view it, you can download it, you can print it. You just can't sell it because we want to make it free. And I don't work for them anymore, but it it's impacted my life, and so I hope that it will be a blessing to you and to those you can share it with as well. So from the downloads section, we're going to go to the Google Drive, which is right there. Uh, you'll see the Google Drive. We're going to click on that, and this is the page that's going to come up. Now there's lots of folders here, and if you scroll down, there's lots of more books and things. I'm just going to highlight a few aspects uh, of the resources here. If we click on the first one, uh, start here, it'll take us to this page. Uh, there's a letter uh, that says read first, 
just telling you not to sell it and that you can uh, are free to download and uh, print it off for yourself and for a friend or whatever. Um, but we're going to go into the catalog, and the catalog is more of what's available and the outline of the resources here. So this is what it first looks like, and we're going to skip down a few pages to the outline of the program. Now, once again, this is written specifically for homeschoolers in mind, but anyone can use it. So I'm just going to go through kind of how they divide their resources. Um, the first, from birth to seven-year-olds, they recommend the family Bible lessons. And we'll look more at what that is. It incorporates Bible, uh, science or nature, and character. And at the age of seven, which is about first grade, um, or depending on the child, if they're ready, then they encourage parents, teachers, to incorporate a good reading, writing, and spelling program. How many of you are just phenomenal spellers? Okay, good, good. How many of you feel like you just, there are aspects of spelling that you struggle with? Yeah? I'm one of them. Spelling, reading has, uh, it was a struggle for me in the beginning. My mom, she was growing in education and I gave her a lot of trouble in the beginning. Um, but even my, my father who has his business degree struggles with spelling and he's always asking, how do you spell this? How do you spell that? So many of us struggle with this, right? Why? Because we haven't laid that foundation. And so Sunlight recommends that you spend a whole year, besides doing the family Bible lessons, which is Bible character and nature or science, to just spend a whole year on developing a good writing, spelling, and reading program so that you really lay that foundation. And how would that just totally transform our children, right? If they really had that foundation, they could do many things. So that's what is recommended for those uh, early years. And then they have a program called the Desire of All Nations. The Desire of All Nations is for second to eighth grade. It's a multi-level program. So you use the same books for um, a second grader and an eighth grader. The eighth grader just has harder review questions and they go into it deeper. So it's not like you have a bunch of different materials. Uh, and as you're, if you're teaching in a classroom or whatever, you can read through the, some of the academic subjects and see how you can just pull it in what you, can't, you, know, what you want to use there. So it's very versatile. It's designing your own school program. But what I really like about Sunlight is it gives the pattern of the mental, the spiritual, and the physical all wrapped together so that you can develop these aspects so that when you go, when you're in high school, the high school section here, and you have to go and you get your own academic subject, you say, I don't know how to do this. So it's developed the pattern so that you can see how it's done. All right, so if we go back to the beginning of our Google Drive page, so we've already looked at the start here. Now I want to take you to the Family Bible Lessons. This is a great resource. Churches use it, families use it in their worship, um, families use it in their early home school. It's just a great resource. Um, people have even used it in vacation Bible schools. It's, it's really nice, and there's a lot of material in it. Okay, so if we open up the Family Bible Lessons section, it's a three-year cycle, and it takes you through the whole Bible the major stories in three years. And at our church at um, Uchi Pines, we've gone through this family Bible lesson uh, in our Sabbath school class, 
I think we're going through it either the third or the fourth time now, the three-year cycle. And the families are just so excited. We have a family Sabbath school there, so the children, uh, each family gets a Sabbath and they teach. So it's from the young ones to the old ones. It's all together. They have their other Sabbath school classes too for those who don't want you know, to um, do this um, type of thing. But in the family Sabbath school, we come together as a family and then the children are actually getting the experience teaching. We're training them to be leaders in our churches. And they're so excited. It's just so neat to see them develop. First, you know, they're like really timid and everything. And as they get more into it, we're really developing teachers and I can see the future of some of these young people. They will just be amazing assets to our churches. So we have the family Bible lessons. We're going to go into the first year, the first one there. And then we have, there's four quarters in a year and each quarter is three months. So uh, there's memory verses put to song on there. We're going to go into year one, quarter one. And within each quarter, you have three books. You have the family Bible lesson, which is the teacher manual. It's not something you just give to your children unless they're like so eager to just read, read, read. But it's your manual. And um, so that's the family Bible lesson. Then there's the children's activity book. I don't have examples on this um, in this PowerPoint, but the children's activity book has stories, poems, and different activities for children to do. And then we have the little children's, which is for birth to about three years old. It's a very simple edition of the family Bible lesson. So the family Bible lesson looks like this. And then we have the table of contents. So it's divided into weeks. And the first week you're going to be studying creation, which is the Bible lesson, the character quality orderliness, and the nature lesson, what is a tree? So for three months, you're going to be studying about trees and plants. The next quarter, uh, quarter two, is about insects. So for three months, you're going to study insects. And I have a friend who, when she was uh, going through this, she hated insects. She was, like, terrified of them. And then as she started to study more about them through the family Bible lesson, she's like, wow. And she became so fascinated with insects. It was an incredible transformation. But um, every week, you're getting a new character quality, a new Bible lesson going through uh, these uh, things, uh, learning about nature. So this is the first week, the first lesson one. It's all on creation. So this is like an outline of what you're going to be covering, where their stories found in the Bible, your memory verse, your parent study. So this is more information about what you're studying from the spirit of prophecy. And then your character quality, the definition of it. Um, your character quality verse, and then looking at the different aspects that you're going to learn from the nature lesson. It's divided into days, so this is day one. Now, what we have done, it used to not be this way, but the new family Bible lessons are set up similar to the academic subjects in the second grade to eighth grade school program. So the first section is research. Now, this is trying to start you thinking about how you're going to do this on your own. Right? So when you're ready to study a new topic, what do you need? Your research, right? You got to go and research it out. So this is your research information. And uh, it's talking about the Bible lesson specifically going through the story of creation. Now, this isn't something necessarily that you sit down and you read to your children or to those who you're working with. 
That would be really boring, right? You know, that sometimes that's all we can do. But it's best if, as a teacher, that you go through it ahead of time and you see how you can share it in a more interesting way <laughs> to your uh, students. So it's the story of creation. And throughout the, the lesson, the Bible lesson itself, it's going to be bringing in the character quality. So it's not like Bible lesson, character quality, nature lesson, totally unrelated. You want to weave them together. So the, the character quality is always going to be bold. And just a little aspect of them bringing in the character quality here, it says God created each thing in an organized order. It doesn't have to be complicated, it doesn't have to be long. Just bring in, tie it back to what you're learning to get it in the mind. The next section um, after the Bible lesson is your review. There's just a few questions to be thinking about reviewing the Bible lesson. And then you go into the nature aspect. Now, we want those three aspects of Christian education are the mental, the physical or the practical, and the spiritual, right? So as we're studying, as we're learning about these uh, from academic subjects, we're learning about these different topics, we always want to say, how can this teach me about God, my Christian experience, and how can I use it practically? So there's a little paragraph here. See, no, nope, I can't see it better here. Uh, just bringing it back to the spiritual application as you're learning about trees, it says, the trees look up and reach upward. They get all the sunlight they can. They are optimists, hopeful, seeking to live where the air is clean, clearest and the conditions are best. The largest, sweetest fruits grow at the top part of the tree. The lives that bear the best fruit, character for God, are those that reach up for the light or energy and behold his face. So just bringing it back, bringing it home to the heart. Why are we even learning about trees? You know, I'm not a huge nature person. I, it's like, okay, great. There's trees out there. But what can it teach me about God and furthering the work? And this is just one example of how it can do that. The next section here, we have remind. So these are examples of ways in which throughout the day you can be remembering what you're covering through the lesson. All right? Because you don't, what's the purpose of you read it, you study it or whatever, and then you close the books and what? Forget about it. That's false education, right? We don't want our children to do that. We don't want those who, which we're trying to seek to prepare them for a useful life here and the life to come, to just walk away and say, hmm, I don't remember what I learned. So these are just different examples, different things that you can use to help you remember what you're doing. And uh, one way in which you say, well, I'm not gonna be able to remember those, so Maybe write them on three by five cards and throughout the day, pick them up and say, okay, this is how I can remind my student about what we're learning. God will give you more examples too, uh, more things that you can do. So there's the remind aspect and then there's the reinforce. The reinforce is an activity to once again, reinforce what you're learning. So more of the practical, how you're going to benefit from this and how you can bring it back into your life. You can use the children's activity book with activities, poems, and stories. Um, 
to reinforce as well. Just an example of the reinforce is go on a treasure hunt looking for lights. Because in our Bible lesson, we are studying creation and we looked at how God spoke and he said, let there be light. And what is light? It's energy. So we looked at all those aspects. So now we're going to actually do something with that information. We're going to go on a treasure hunt looking for lights. So examples would be porch, sun, and many others. So you could make a notebook, you could write it down, uh, give them a test, they could draw a picture, all those kinds of things to make it more practical. And then the last little section uh, for that day is the remarkable parent food. Just more information for you as the teacher uh, about what you're studying. And then you have day two. So that's the family Bible lessons. And uh, I heard that earlier this week you talked about uh, going outside and getting your children out there, your students or whatever, right? And so these are one, one more resource that when you're out there, what are you going to do? Are you just going to run or are you going to try to seek to bring their minds back to God, back to the practical, back to the spiritual, so that you can have those three aspects of true education, preparing them for their life work so that when they grow up and they're no longer with you, those lessons come back to their minds, just like Samuel, preparing them to be leaders. All right, if we go back to our section in Google Drive, our first section, the next thing I want to just cover uh, for you is the second grade to eighth grade school lessons. These are academic subjects and uh, they have seven academic subjects. All right, so if we go into the 238 program, we are going to look at lesson 10. Now, don't get confused. Lesson does not equal grade. So if you say, I want to study grade two, you could take lesson 10, you could take lesson one. It, all grades two through eight are all of these. So we're starting, we would start with lesson one, right? Um, but I'm just going to give you an example because lesson one's like an introduction to the program. Um, so lesson 10, I'm just going to grab that. The books are thicker and um, there's more in there. So lesson doesn't equal grade. Lesson actually represents chapter. Uh, it's a corresponding chapter in the Bible uh, class, which is taken from the Desire of Ages. And we'll see how that all ties together on this next page. This is an outline uh, of a sample lesson. So if you notice here, you have a box, right? And what's in the center? The Bible. If you look at a picture of the sanctuary of uh, Israel, what was in the center? What was in the center of the, I'm sorry, I told you. Of the, in the wilderness, the Israel encampment, what was in the center? It was the sanctuary, right? The sanctuary was in the center. God has to be in the center. What do we typically do in Adventist or Christian education? We have a Bible class, and then we leave that Bible class, and we totally forget about what we learned in that Bible class, and we go to math, and we go to science, and we go to all these other aspects. But God wants to bring the whole picture back. The Bible's our center. The mental, the physical, on the spiritual, right? So Sunlight tries to show you how that's done, putting the Bible back in the center. The Bible class or the Bible subject for um, the second grade to eighth grade school program is all focused on the Desire of Ages. 
looking at the early life of Christ. We're dealing with young people, children, and they can usually relate best to children because that's who they are, right? That's where their mental capacity is. Well, Jesus was a child and he came and he lived a perfect life. So let's see how a child can live. So we look at the Desire of Ages, that's our Bible focus. We have memory verses that are put to song, so we're incorporating music into it. And then we have the seven academic subjects. Now they're color-coded, there's a whole reason for that. I'm not gonna get into it right now. Um, but we have health, and then we have nature or science, history, geography, and prophecy is all in one group. Um, mathematics, music, language, and speech. All right, so let's go and look at, if we go back to the second grade, eighth grade uh, section, lesson 10. These are our seven academic subjects in lesson 10. And we are gonna pull out health, <clears throat> excuse me. We're gonna go into health and that particular lesson is all on the bones. All right, so this number in the corner doesn't represent grade. Just want to emphasize that because many people get confused with that. Uh, number 10 is the lesson number or the corresponding chapter in the Desire of Ages. So lesson 10 would also be chapter 10 in the Desire of Ages. All right, so bones, when we open bones, um, this first health book, we have our table of contents, teacher section, student section, then our research material and so forth. So then we have our teacher section. Now, in our teacher section, uh, you will notice if, you ha if I had a, a, a stack of books here, every teacher section is very similar. So when you look at like there's a thick teacher section, it's okay because once you look at it once, you probably, I mean, you've seen almost everything. You just pick out the key points, all right? So the teacher section, uh, it's in steps. And a lot of these steps are the same in every teacher section. So step one, study the Bible lesson. So make yourself familiar with what you're going to be learning. In lesson 10, our Bible lesson is the voice crying in the wilderness. So it's about John the Baptist. That's what we would be studying in our Bible lesson. We have our memory verses, our character quality. The character quality, I cut off, the screen wouldn't, get all of the page, so we'll find out what the character quality is a little bit later. And then things for you to just understand, understand the spelling cards, uh, how to mark your Bible, evaluate your student's character, and so forth. The next page goes through spelling words and spelling cards. Uh, that's in another book. If you have questions about it, uh, I can talk to you about it later. But just giving you more um, tools on familiarizing yourself with different words, especially words from the Bible. And then how to mark your Bible. The spiritual is a big aspect of true education. And so we want our children to <clears throat> know how to mark their Bible, how to do research from God's word. So we bring in how to mark your Bible and then evaluate your student's character. Once again, character is the only thing our children are taking to heaven. So if we miss this aspect, if our child does, you know, great on their academics, but they're messy and they're disrespectful and all these things, what do we need to work on? The character, right? The character. 
So then there's another section, there's projects. So we wanna make our lesson practical. And many times teachers, parents, they say, I don't know what to do. Well, Sunlight tries to give you lots of projects, lots of things in which to reinforce what you're learning. Uh, review the scripture references. I'll show you that in a minute. And then notice the answer key. There's an answer key. There's a lesson aim. What are you trying to accomplish through your lesson? And then an idea of how to begin the lesson instead of just opening up your academic subject and starting to read. No, let's do something. Let's make it interesting. All right, your steps in Bible study. This is also in every teacher section. It doesn't change how to study the Bible. You review questions. This is your Bible lesson from the Bible. So when you're reading through the Desire of Ages, sometimes uh, that runs out. And so you go back and you say, well, what does the Bible say about this particular aspect of Christ's early life? Um, or this particular one is about John the Baptist. And so these are Bible review questions to get you studying once again from the word. And then it has an uh, evaluation for your child's character. How are they performing character-wise? Giving you different aspects on how to um, evaluate that. Not to discourage you, not to condemn, but to see how can we work on these different aspects of my student. And then we have the scripture references. This is pages and pages of information from the Bible on bones since we're studying bones in our health lesson so what does the bible have to say about this academic subject this topic so it gives you lots of things and i wouldn't give this to a young child to read this is for your benefit or for an older child let's say they need more research or whatever so give them you know, do have them do a bible study get the concordance out and what are you studying oh, let's say you're studying about bones okay so I want you to write down um, what God is telling you about bones from the Bible. So this bones, their presence and evidence of real being. So this is a description of the, what the verse is trying to say in Luke 24, 39. So have the older student do something like this, getting them familiar with the Bible. Um, when we get into science, we're studying about space exploration. Did you know that the Bible talks about space exploration? It does, it's exciting. So we bring out those aspects. The Bible talks about so much that we don't even, it's just, we don't even comprehend. We glaze over it many times because we're searching for other things, but God wants to show us even those simple academics are right there. We have our answer key for your review questions. And then in every book, there's a gardening sheet. How many of you have gardens? Great. And so as we seek to bring um, gardening into the aspect of a classroom setting or a home setting with our uh, student, we say, okay, so we can get out there and we can pull weeds and stuff, but how are we going to bring it back to what we're learning in school? And these gardening sheets tell you different ways in which you can tie it together. So in every single book, there's a gardening sheet. There's suggestions for in-season, out-of-season, how to bring it back together and then you end up in the student section so this is our student section we start out once again with our research so this is, this is like our facts our uh, academic facts and we're talking about bones so it's going to start with um, 
talking about the frame of a house and how our bones are like the frame of a house. So this is our research. Uh, we go into the skeleton. The framework of the body is called the skeleton. The framework of the spiritual life is the law of love. So what did it do right there? We were talking about the, the facts, right? We're talking about bones. And many times we would just spend a whole hour talking about bones. No, bring it back. How does this relate to the, our spiritual life? And it's those simple things. Uh, the framework of the body is called the skeleton. The framework of the spiritual life is the law of love. If we go down in every section, um, usually at the beginning of a research section, you'll have a Bible verse to kind of lead you into that research. Uh, this particular one doesn't, but it has it down at the bottom. In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord. Our character quality, it's in bold throughout the lesson, and it's on receptiveness, being receptive to God. <clears throat> then you have another section, the unseen supports. This is all your research. This is all your, your facts. But within those facts, it's going to be continually tying it back to the Bible lesson, back to a spiritual thought. You have your reinforce, and reinforce was what? Do you remember? It's our activities to reinforce your lesson. So this is a way in which um, to reinforce the lesson. It says, can you lift a 10-pound sack of potatoes? Probably you could, but it would be hard work. Here is an easy way. So it gives you an activity to do, and then at the end of the activity, it's going to tie it back to the bones and how that relates to what you're studying. There's also uh, within each section stories. I don't know about you, but I always love stories. Even before I was a Christian, that's what I wanted to hear was the stories. And children usually love stories, and so uh, we put them through the school lesson to once again reinforce what they're learning. <clears throat> we have our review section here. And like I said, this is a multi-level program. So we have the place one, two, and three. So that would be like everyone, all of the grades. The place two and three is the middle grades. And then place three would be the older children or those who are more advanced. Now, if you have a young one who can answer up to place three, what are you going to do? Hold them back? Absolutely not. Let him do it. Go for it. Uh, we want to do what we can to aid our children in their learning. We have, uh, like I showed you in the family Bible lessons, our remind section. So these are ways in which you can remember what you're learning. So when viewing rocks and mountains, think of them as the bones of the earth. And remember how John the Baptist was not moved by circumstances around him just as the rocks and the mountains of the wilderness remain unmoved. So when you're out there with your students, you're outside and uh, you had just been studying about bones, you just been studying about John the Baptist, and you're sitting out there and maybe you see some rocks, what are you going to do? What are you going to talk to them about? Talk to them about what you're learning. When viewing rocks and mountains, think of them as the bones of the earth. And remember how John the Baptist was not moved by circumstances around him, just the rocks and mountains of the wilderness remain unmoved. There's other things besides 
just stories. Um, there's poems. This is a rhyme of the bones. How many bones in the human face? 14 when they're all in place. How many bones in the human head? Eight, my child, as I've often said, and so on it goes. So you could create this into an activity. You could have uh, go stand on a mountain. <laughs> a group on that side, a group on your side, and go back and forth reciting this rhyme. These, all these different aspects to get it stuck in the child's head, what you're learning to reinforce these spiritual, mental, and physical aspects. And then you end up in another research section. So typically, when uh, we are sharing this with families, with teachers, they'll cover around one, maybe two research sections a day. Not an overload of material, not just going through, going through, getting through it all. No, it's how much are you gaining from that material? How, am, uh, how are my students really learning? And if they're not learning anything, do I need to change some of my methods in training, in educating? So we're almost done here. The review, just an overview of what is trying to be covered in the second grade to eighth grade school program. In the Bible class, we're studying the early life of Christ. In health, we're looking at the body and how to stay healthy. In mathematics, we're learning the basics of mathematics, addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. In music, we're looking at basic music, all the parts that make good, <coughs> good, good music, sorry. Um, in nature or science, we're looking at the universe, uh, then begin the days of creation. And in history, geography, prophecy, we're looking at the continents and missions. So we're not just studying history for the sake of history, but how can we train our children to be missionaries? Maybe they're going to want to go to Africa as a missionary. Well, they need to know something about Africa. And maybe they won't have that desire until they start to learn about Africa and its continent and its culture. So continents and missions. Uh, in language, learning to research. And then in voice, the anatomy of the voice. Now, you may think, why, why would you talk about voice in a school program? Well, we're actually told in the Spirit of Prophecy that some people actually die from a wrong use of the voice, especially preachers. Wow, now that sounds pretty, pretty um, important, right? So we want to teach our children how to use the voice and how to be presenters for God. In the further lessons, there's an overview of that. I'm not going to go through that here. But just two more things I wanted to point out in the... Uh, sunlight downloads. If you go back to the main section of Google Drive, there's a book here, a little book that we also use in the second grade to eighth grade school program, but it can be used anywhere, anytime with any group of people. It's called Our Nature Study Book, and it's a little book. I didn't pull it up here, but it's a little book that you print off, and it, there's sections where as you're outside and you're doing things, you can carry it with you, and you see something in nature, so you can draw a picture of it, and then you write down some facts and a spiritual object lesson, teaching our children, once again, how to see God through the things around them. And then there's also here the historical periods of the world according to the Bible. Now that's a, a book, it's not too big, but it gives you an overview of all these different periods from creation on down. It gives you the... Um, the Bible portion 
So where you can find the Bible stories and sections for that particular period, where to read in the Spirit of Prophecy for that period, who was alive during that period. So it's a very um, great resource, resource sorry, uh, for your history and the different periods of the world. To not just look at history from uh, a history standpoint, but always turning it back to the spiritual. And how can we learn about how to finish this work through the things around us. I'm going to close this here, and I just want to go back to our other PowerPoint and close with this section. So we've looked at true Christian education. We've looked at different resources you can use. You're free to talk to me afterwards if you have more questions. Um, But as we look at these aspects, we know from God's Word that true Education is not the forcing of instruction on an unready and unreceptive mind. True education is not merely taking a course, a certain course of study. So, yes, that's education, but it's not what God wants for the children, the students in our care. It's not just taking a certain course of study. But we are told, thankfully, what true education is. True education is a grand science, for it is founded on the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. True education is that which will train children and youth for the life that now is. So yes, we want to make our children, uh, the students in our care, useful for this life to be successful. But true education is not just that. We're training them for an inheritance that in that better country, even and heavenly. True education is a knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. True education is the inculcation of those ideas that will impress the mind and heart with the knowledge of God, the creator, and Jesus Christ, the redeemer. True education is religion. True education is missionary training. True education is the power of using our faculties so as to achieve beneficial results. True education is well-defined as the harmonious development of all the faculties, a full and adequate preparation for this life and the future eternal life. True education is the preparation of the physical, mental, and moral powers for the performance of every duty. It is the training of body, mind, and soul for the divine service. This is the education that will endure unto eternal life. So true education in essence is mental, physical, and spiritual training gained to accomplish life's purpose. And what is that? To glorify God and bring souls into his kingdom. Is this different from the world? Romans 12, 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And only as we see God and say, How do I apply these principles? How do I, in my classroom, in my home, in whatever capacity I'm called to train young people, how can I do this for you? How do, am I not conformed to this world, but transformed, renew my mind, give me understanding? And he will. He will do it. The end of all true education is expressed in the words of Christ. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. 
All right. I hope you found that helpful and useful. Um, we're never supposed to stop learning, right? No matter if we're teachers or parents or whatever we are, we get to have the privilege of learning throughout all eternity someday, right? And heaven. And so therefore, I think um, all of us, no matter if we're, we're parents or not, um, could probably find some useful material in that curriculum, correct? Maybe we ourselves could actually go through it and start at the beginner level. And I think we would be overjoyed what we found along the way. So maybe that's a little challenge for yourself. Maybe change your devotional life up a little bit and open up Sunlight Education. I spent some time yesterday downloading it. And let me tell you, that's probably what's going to take you the most time is to like take a whole day to download it all because it's like there's so much there. It's incredible. Um, but I'm super excited because I'll tell you one way that I plan to use it because as you can see through that material, some of those questions, um, seniors are going to scoff at that. You know, that's not a 12th grade level or high order level thinking question. But I can put it in my worships in my dorm. You know, every once a week I could have a nature, a nature directed dorm worship, right? So they just know Tuesday night, Miss Angela's doing something weird with us and we're going outside or we're learning about bugs, you know, but there, there's ways for us all to incorporate that. And I think that's what's really awesome about outdoor education and nature education is that in of itself, it lends itself naturally to true education. You can't help but be physically active and on the outdoors. And you can't help but find practical things with outdoors. For example, let's say, um, and I'm not gonna go too much because tomorrow I'm just gonna bombard you with tons of cool ideas. So we're gonna fit today and tomorrow until some, into tomorrow, but don't worry, you're just gonna get a huge list of ideas to do. But you just find with nature education, it's super easy and natural to make it practical. For example, if I did a thing about trees, Right away, guess what? I could teach them about poison ivy. <laughs> That's practical to learn, right? <laughs> you know, and um, what to notice and pay attention and safety and all those kinds of things. It's just, it's a very, it lends itself super naturally with outdoor education. Um, so just going to give you a, a couple takeaway ideas. Um, so yes, I'd really, really like to challenge you to go and download all of those and incorporate them into, you know, I don't know, maybe a husband and wife special thing. You know, we're always looking for time. I think, I, well, I hear as married couples that you're looking for time to get special time together. So why not put nature into it? You know, I, we talked about on Monday on opportunity costs, right? But I think you'll find that if you want to put nature into your life, you're going to find that it enhances and not detracts. So, you know, think of outside of the box ways of doing it, you know, make it, uh, you know, honey, husband and wife time. And the kids just know that mom and dad are doing special things, but with nature, you know, that's cool. And they'll probably be a little bit jealous, but you need that time as a couple. You know, there's many creative ways to do it. Um, so I had a couple ideas for, for example, for yesterday's gardening thing that I wanted to give you. Uh, one fun random idea is called plant your socks. So um, grow a sock garden, find an old pair of socks that you don't mind sacrificing, let your kids wear them, walk around in old socks, and you'll never know what seeds they pick up along the way. And then you go and plant that old sock. I mean, there are just so many fun ideas out there that are endless, and it's really cool. Um, and then another fun idea. This is just something that you can incorporate into your, your own life or whatever. Um, but you could... Oh, um, the shape in which you grow your garden, which this isn't really practical, I know. But uh, one idea that I found online was the fact that you could grow a pizza garden. So like grow a garden with a specific purpose. 
and, and then grow it in the shape of a pizza and you grow zucchini and mushrooms and everything, but it's in the shape of a pizza or you just maybe don't put it in the shape of a pizza, but that little section of your garden is called the pizza garden. Now tell me what your kids love the fact that they're growing a pizza garden, you know? Um, so there's kind of a fun idea for that. Um, and then the last thing that I wanted to say too was with, with nature, it's so, so natural to use it as a witnessing opportunity. It's just so natural to use it as a witnessing opportunity, such as with the garden. Um, you know, you could make with extra produce, you could put in a special basket and then you could tie bioverses to it because no one in your community is going to probably get upset if you give them a basket with free produce in it. And if there's bioverses attached, I don't think they're going to cry about those pretty bioverses that you've attached in three by five cards or whatever. Um, and so nature just lends itself naturally to witnessing because you can be out there with your kids and maybe you're in a public place and they over, you know, people overhear what you're doing. Or um, another thing is when, when I spend time in nature and I, and I learn about how to see God through nature, which I can't wait till Friday. Friday's my favorite day of this presentation. Um, it's just, it's easy to get on a roll. Like once you see God in nature, you just keep seeing him. Once you see his fingerprint once, you, you just completely, entirely throughout the day see him. And it's really hard not to talk about it. Even with strangers, it's really hard not to talk about it in Walmart. When you just experienced God and you saw him up in the sunrise or in the, in the sky in some way, it's really hard not to share it. And that's really the purpose um, of education, really the purpose that I have a passion for outdoor education. I bought a couple of books that you're welcome to look at. I'll be showing them a lot more tomorrow um, that I put out on the table. So take a minute and look at some of them. Um, but I'll be explaining them more in depth tomorrow. So let's have prayer and then you guys can go. Dear Lord, I thank you so much um, for all the trailblazers that you've set to do true education. I thank you so much, uh, Lord, that um, it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to always align because with you it was simple. It was you, scriptures, um, and outside in nature. And Lord, I thank you so much that you have so much to teach us just simply out in our backyard. Help us not to miss the blessings right outside our door. We love you and we just surrender this can't mean to you. In your name, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.